Morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. No matter what you have learned about those things, it's more to learn. It's more to grow, more to develop. And uh, whether you've been saved a couple of days or, or 50 years walking with the Lord, uh, you, don't, you haven't arrived in these things because uh, we, it just goes on from grace to grace, faith to faith, glory to glory by His Spirit. But you don't have to you know, take as long as some people take. I mean, <laughs> there are folks that have been saved 50 years and they haven't grown in faith at all. In, in most areas. And it's because they're just, you know, they're so busy with life and natural things and they're not getting their, their faith fed on the Word of God. Uh, and even though, you know, you might be reading some scriptures or hearing some things, it must be nourishing faith or it won't benefit your spirit like we're talking about. There, there's some folks, all they do is focus on scriptures about judgment. Uh, they look for the ones that say, whoa, whoa, <laughs> woe unto you. I'm, I'm serious. That's all they talk about. And that's not going to give you faith for healing. It's not going to give you faith to get your needs met or your bills paid or, or to be led by the Spirit or to be protected. And besides that, you need to look at who that's addressed to. A lot of those scriptures that talk about judgment, if you'll just get saved and walk with God, they don't even apply to you. They're not talking to you, right? They're talking to somebody else. So why spend all your time on that? It doesn't even apply to you. Get your Bible, come on into the classroom, and let's get from the Lord what He has for us today. Father, we thank You. Great are You, Lord, and greatly to be praised. Thank You for all You've already done for us. We're asking you to speak to our hearts, minister to us a supply of your spirit and the light of your word today in answers and help. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, please, in the uh, 15th chapter of Matthew again, and let's continue uh, on our study of the healing of the Syrophoenician's daughter. Uh, we're now into number 10 in our study of these 20 individual accounts that are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we have learned a lot already uh, about what happened with this woman. But let's get further into it today. Verse 21, Matthew 15, 21. It said, uh, Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Zidon. Uh, and these are some of the oldest continually inhabited cities in the world. And, and there, there's a Tyre and, and Zidon today. And you'll find history that goes back way into the past. And this woman was from, these are coastal cities right on the coast. 
this woman of Canaan came out of the same. So can you see there's a lot of information telling us where she's from. <laughs> Why? Why is that such a big deal? Well, we see later it's a very big deal. She came and cried to him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, you son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a demon, a, a, an evil spirit, a bad spirit. These things are not imaginary. Uh, any thinking person uh, would realize that these things are real. Uh, when people say, well, I don't believe in all that, you know, spirit stuff. Uh, uh, back when Jesus was on the earth, there was a group called the Sadducees. They didn't believe in angel or spirit or any life after death. And my, th my thought was, what did they preach? You know, what, what kind of church is that? You know, why would you want to go to that church? You don't even believe in an afterlife. But anyway, that group was back there then. There's a lot of people today have some kind of idea. But um, people say, well, I, you know, these unseen things, I don't believe in all that. Well, you'd contradict yourself in just a few minutes when you talk about how you feel. <laughs> What's a feeling? You can't put a feeling under the microscope. What's a thought? And see, these things are real. How, how would you deny that feelings are real, that thoughts are real, that love, that hate, depression, joy, these things are not material. They are not physical. And yet, how are you going to say they're not real? Everybody knows they're real. Well, they're spirit. And we're already very conscious of spirit. Did you have any thoughts today? <laughs> Huh? You have any, any feelings, any of these kind of things? Certainly, certainly. But the Holy Spirit is endeavoring to influence you with God's thoughts and with the fruit of the Spirit and, and with love and peace and influence you to faith. And He won't make you, but He's there to remind you and to show you and to prompt you. Well, uh, just like that's real and true, there are wrong spirits that are trying to influence people and being far too successful at it in the world, influence people to hate, to revenge, to bitterness, to do terrible acts, uh, all kind of things. And it comes in the form of thoughts, feelings, imaginations, fantasies, pressure against you. And if you yield to it, it can get on you and in you and change you for the worse. So when we say that this, the Bible says that this woman's daughter was grievously vexed with a demon. With a, and, and Mark says, calls this thing unclean spirit. Same thing, just different names for the same thing. And um, how did she get that way? How did she become in this terrible state? Not by accident, it's, it's by exposure to evil things and bad things. It's by involvement in evil things and bad things. That's why the enemy is always working to tempt people. Why? He wants control. And the more you yield to the temptation, the more wrong spirits can get on you and in you to control you. And he wants people so far gone, 
yielding to rage and yielding to depression until they do destructive things. They hurt other people. They kill other people. They hurt, kill themselves. Uh, he, I mean, he is a killer. He is the thief and destroyer. And he's, he's too, too successful, like we said, doing this throughout the world. But we are not in the kingdom of darkness. And he has no say in our lives. Can you say amen? No say. No say in your life. And anytime you sense a wrong thing, what do you do? Help me out. You resist it. You just say no. You just say, I refuse to think that. I refuse to do that. I refuse to say that. And if you do, what the Bible say? Resist the devil and he will flee. He has to. He has to leave when you say no, not here, not in my mind, not in my body, not in my house. No, you don't. Somebody needs to say it right now. No, you don't. Not in my house, not in my mind, not with my body. I resist you in Jesus' name. What did the word say would happen when you do that? He'll flee. He'll flee. And so that was the situation But he answered her not a word. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, there's so much in every word, so much in every phrase here. The Lord knew the scope of his earthly ministry. Um, You know, Sometimes people say things that they haven't thought through uh, and they say, well, you know, uh, we, should, we should do exactly what Jesus did. Uh, well, if you do, then you're never going to marry. You're never going to travel outside of about a, you know, what, 50, 100 mile radius of where you <laughs> grew up. Can you see that? You, you're never going to own property or or build a church, or, or any of these things. No, that's not right. Because other scripture talks about that God seeks a godly seed through husbands and wives and, and families and that kind of thing. And um, if nobody, no Christian uh, got married again, well, we'd uh, be over after a while. Is that right? I mean, there'd be... <laughs> There wouldn't be a continuation of some of these things. It could just dwindle down. Uh, But no, you don't do everything exactly like Jesus. He didn't live past, what, 33 years or so. He was on a short track to the cross. And um, the Lord wants us. He he didn't own, uh, you know, lands and, and properties and that kind of thing. Well, he didn't need it for what he was doing. He uh, he, he was on that short trek to the cross, uh, demonstrating to us how to live and minister. But you see that he knew his ministry is at this point is not to uh, those outside of the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, he was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's about to go pay the price so that everybody can come in. Right? But at that point, the only way you could get to God was to come in through the covenant of uh, Abraham and the giving of the law, the first covenant. So he says, I'm not sent 
uh, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Here you see the current state of affairs in Israel was not good. The sheep are what? Lost. And you know, on another occasion, it said that the Lord saw the people that they were like sheep scattered without a shepherd. And their shepherds, we know what kind of shepherds they had. They crucified Jesus. Can you see that? That's what kind of shepherds they had. So they are not in a good, a good way. And the, the Lord is endeavoring to minister to them um, in this brief time that he, he is with them. And here comes a woman from outside the covenant, wanting a covenant benefit. <laughs> Can you see that? And he didn't even answer her. He didn't even respond to her initially. And then when she presses the point and won't leave, and when the disciples say, send her away, and she still won't leave, he said, I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, how could she take that? This is not for you. Hmm? I'm not sent to you. This is not for you. You're not an Israelite. You're not part of the covenant. Before, before you get bothered by it, remember why we're reading this. <laughs> there was a healing at the end. Is that right? And we need to understand, since all this is true, how'd she get there? How did she get there? Because she did. Go with me back to Ephesians, the second chapter. Now, while in talking about this, we've brought this up before, but if you are praying and not getting results, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? You don't just keep beating your head against the wall and just vain repetitions. God doesn't miss it. God isn't late. God doesn't forget. Right? Ever. And so if things are not working, guess where the problem is? Come on, help me out. Which, which end is the problem? The God end or the you end? The, the, the sending end or the receiving end? And yet, you'll see people just year after year working on the sending end. Oh, God. You know, send it. Oh, God, do something. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Why aren't you? What's taking so long? Oh, God. No, no. Be willing to change. Be willing to make adjustments. Be willing to make a change in your thinking. In Ephesians 2.11, we saw this. I want to look at it some more. Ephesians 2.11, he said, Remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. Now, that's what this woman was called a Greek and or a Gentile. She's called a Canaanite. She's called a Phoenician from the Syria area who are called uncircumcision. And that was, of course, God gave circumcision as a sign of the covenant, but that term was used to describe a whole people or nation. You remember uh, David when he faced uh, Goliath. He said, uh, who is this uncircumcised Philistine. He's not just talking about the procedure. He's talking about he is, I don't care how big he is, he's got no covenant with God. He's a no covenant 
Nobody. <laughs> and I'm going to take his head off. <laughs> and he did. He did. Amazing. Astounding. And he, we know he did it by faith. That's how faith talks. But can you see a part of faith is rooted in knowing your relationship with God. David, even at, at that young age, he had some understanding that he and his people had a covenant with God and the enemy did not. Can you see that, class? And, and that is true today. Those that are in Christ are in covenant with God. Those who are not, are not. They are not in covenant with God and they don't have access to all God's blessings. I know people don't like that. You know, they, they like to preach this all-inclusive thing of the uh, you know, overall fatherhood of God and the overall brotherhood of man. But that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches completely contrary to that. Jesus told some of the most religious people of his day, he said, you are of your father, the devil. Well, then God's not their father. Can you see that? They're, that? they're not even in the family of God. And yet they are religious. They are preachers. They're priests. And, and the devil is their father. Well, how about this? No, covenant is so big. That's why Jesus came. He, the covenant was cut in his flesh. And the covenant sacrifice is his own blood. And that blood in the covenant sacrifice is on the altar of the mercy seat today in heaven, and it speaks. The blood speaks. Have you read in the scripture? The blood speaks. The scripture contrasts between, you know, Cain killed Abel back in Genesis, and God said, His, his blood is calling to me from the ground. Well, what was uh, Abel's blood saying? You know, that he had been wronged and that Cain was guilty. Uh, but the blood of the lamb, the scripture said, speaks different things, better things. It's not saying they're guilty, they're guilty. You know what it's saying? They're innocent. They're innocent. Hallelujah. Why? Because he didn't pay that price for himself. He didn't have any sins to pay for. So whose sins did he pay for? Yours, yours, and mine. And by receiving, believing that, and receiving that, and bowing your knee to Him as Lord and Master, you have entered into an everlasting covenant with the Almighty God. And oh, friend, when you realize that, you, you begin to see how that teenage boy could waltz out there in front of that giant and go, you ain't got a chance. Why? I'm in covenant with God. You got no covenant with God. You got no help from God. And I got help. Did David have help from God? Oh, dear me. I mean, this is supernatural slingshot. Isn't it? I mean, yeah, okay, great. Slingshot. He's good with a slingshot. But this, I mean, when he wound that thing up and let it go, there must have been an angel got behind it and went, shoom, give it a little push. Because it hit him like he had been shot with a pistol. I mean, uh, Covenant 
rights, covenant access, covenant blessing. Why are we talking about it? Because this woman didn't have it. The Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman, this Baal worshiper group, they're not in covenant with God. Their forefathers had rejected God and gone after idols and terrible stuff. And here's a sad thing. The decisions of grandparents and parents do affect innocent lives of their children and their grandchildren. They do. And it's sad that the innocent get hurt. This is a young girl. You remember the scripture said young daughter. Young girl. And so I don't know what age she was, but she's born into this perversion and this Baal worship and all this sexual stuff around her. And next thing you know, she's got mental problems and emotional problems and physical problems. Can, can you see, uh, the enemy never brings peace, <laughs> never brings joy, only torment, only pain, only vexation and, and frustration. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, oh, hallelujah, when the Holy Spirit comes in, there's release, there's relief. Yokes are destroyed, burdens are taken off and removed. Bodies are healed. Minds and, and spirits are freed. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, it, it's not hard to tell the difference between the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of an unclean and a bad spirit. Thank God we've been delivered out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Keep reading this in Ephesians. He said, in time past, you were Gentiles in the flesh. And you know, that's us today. We, uh, we can't track necessarily our DNA to Abraham. We're, we're a hodgepodge. We're, we're a mix. Is that right? <laughs> who are we? Who, who are our, our folks? Well, uh, today, our genealogy is easy to trace. I am born of God <laughs> because of Jesus. Is that right? And if you are in Christ, Galatians says, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, no matter where you came from or where your folks trace back to, because now it's not just the physical, it's the spiritual. Somebody say, I am born of God. I am born of God. And because of that, like we said, Galatians said, you are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise, which means you have a right to all of those blessings and benefits. Verse 12 says, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. These phrases are not believed by most of the world. Well, what do you mean? You'll see people that are outside of God and covenant, and yet they're blaming everything that happens in their life on God. <laughs> and they're not even in covenant with God. And the truth is, God is not in what they're doing. That's the problem. Come on, can you see that? They have no hope, and they are what? Without God in the world. The problem 
is that God's not involved in their affairs. They're trying to say that he is. In some mysterious fashion, he's choreographing and coordinating everything that's happening or not happening in their life, and that's a lie. It's not true. The truth is, God is not in their lives, and that's why it's so bad. Remember the Lord said, in Revelation it talks about, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Well, does that mean he's running everything inside your room? No. He's not even in your room unless you open the door and invite him in. Can you see this, class? And yet you got so much of the world claiming that God is responsible for everything that's happening in their life when in so many cases he's not even involved in it. He's not even around it because they hadn't let him in. Oh, but when you'll invite him in, how many want God in all your business? How many say, yes, I, God, I want you in every room of my heart and my life? How many think we should have no areas that are off limits to him, that are private and not open to him? No, because anyway, all things are open and naked before his eyes. He sees it anyway. Invite him all the way in. Go ahead and say it, class. Lord, I invite you in. I come into my heart in every part. Come into my life in every way. I invite you. I welcome you in your Holy Spirit. I receive you in your entirety in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, my, my, my. That changed something for somebody right there. Praise God. Verse 13. He said, uh, even though you were strangers, you were aliens, you were strangers from the covenant. Now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us. The Lord removed the thing that excluded us. Because all of us, before Christ, we're in the shape of this Syrophoenician woman. No covenant, no access, no rights. But because of Christ, that partition has been removed. Hallelujah. The, the, the impediment and the thing between us and him has been broken down. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. All the commandments that we broke and, and didn't keep, he took care of it. He paid the price. He did it in our place. That he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, slaying the enmity there. He came and preached peace to you that were far off and to them that were nigh. Through him we both have access. Everybody say access. That means you can get in. By one spirit to the Father, you're no more strangers, no more foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and with the household of God. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus, I'm not out on the outside. I've been brought in on the inside in covenant with God. Hallelujah. I've preached myself happy. <laughs> 
and our time's up again today. Well, there's a lot more to get into this before we're finished. Come join us again tomorrow. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.